I wanted to talk about this idea of risk today. There was a quote that I read. 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do than by the ones you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from safe harbor, catch the trade winds in your sails, explore, dream, discover. Hello, this is Jeremy, and you are listening to Wandering Your Way. So today I want to talk a little bit about um, dreaming. And um, I know that's kind of a loaded topic, but uh, taking risks. I think as we get older, we tend to, to not take risks at all, as often. And I think because we do that, we miss out on what God has for us. What is a risk that you've taken in your past that, let's, let's do it this way. What's a risk that you have taken in your past that has not gone well? For you, Mr. Noah. Oh, that's a great question. With um, us again this week. Well, yes, hi. <laughs> <laughs> a risk that I've taken that has not gone well. I think it's difficult to say that. I think there's small risks. That's easy to say like, well, I took that small risk and it didn't work out. Uh, I took a risk on the stock market and the stock dropped and Dogecoin is now worth 40 cents where mm. what I was thinking would be 70 or at least a dollar. It's actually in the thirties today. Okay. I don't, I don't, don't, don't look when you, woke but up. then, you know, this podcast will come out and then it'll be back up. I don't think that the big risks that I've taken, I can easily look at and a year later and realize, Oh, you know, actually it wasn't great to go through that experience. Right. However, we took the risk. We felt like the Lord was leading us, or I felt like the Lord was leading me in that decision. And there was good results that came out of it. Yeah. So I am very much a post-rationalist where, um, you know, I look at something, I go, it wasn't what I expected. It mm-hmm. wasn't what I thought. However, there was some positives that I learned from it. What's a, something, that, what's a risk that you've taken that went well? You're, you're, you look at you're like, man, I'm glad I took that risk. Well, I think even just the college decision, mm-hmm. I think... If I go back to that, there were risks that I took that uh, in college you make stupid risks all the mm-hmm. time. But I made a risk to leave the school that I was at to go to a different school and then to do a different school after that, which, you know, if you look at the track record, it's like what employer would want somebody that has that much mixed majors and college experience and all of that. So it was kind of like risky there. But at the same time, like, I think about it and I go, man, like if I wouldn't have, if I wouldn't have stepped out from Trinity College where mm-hmm. I was at in Florida, I would have missed the opportunity to meet Emily mm-hmm. and have these beautiful children. And so, man, you talk about a positive risk there. Uh, you know, in a sense, I had left everything that I knew in Florida and left everything I knew with my friendship, friendships and things like that that I had developed in the years in, in Tampa. Uh, it was a, it was a great experience. Um, it, I am just very thankful that that risk, quote unquote, was was taken for sure. Would you say you're more risk adverse or you uh, you like to embrace risk? Oh, I love risk. Do you really? Oh, my goodness. So the story goes, as they say, my my family is we, we come from the line of Daniel Boone. So uh, we always you are my new best friend. Yeah. <laughs> so we are all uh, the pioneers. Um you know, I grew up with a father who had a very successful business in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, and he went to a Promise Keepers convention uh, in Colorado, one of the first. 
and changed everything. It mm-hmm. changed everything for him. He came home and he wrote us all letters, um, cried. It was one of the first times I'd seen my dad cry and said, uh, I feel like what I'm doing isn't working and I need to, we, we need to make a change. Mm-hmm. And that change is going to look like selling everything and moving. That was a little bit nerve wracking. You know, as a, I was 10 years old, so I was young. Um, but at the same time, and it's funny because my siblings had a different, they had a different experience. They, they, some of them, uh, had a harder time. I didn't, I was 10 years old. I was homeschooled. I wasn't really losing much. We moved to Florida and, and during that experience, we were traveling, going from campground to campground. That's what we were, that's what my dad wanted to do was to buy a campground. And we went through this whole experience of going, you know, to this campground and it was awesome and we loved it and he would put an offer in and it would be rejected or it wasn't enough money, you know, so this whole thing, we're living life on the open road. I experienced all of that growing up and it literally was, uh, it was the best thing. And and I loved it. I loved the experience. I loved the change. I loved um, all of that. Watching all of that unfold, I think paved a foundation for me of enjoying the risk and knowing that where there is where people will say well you got to provide security for your family you got to provide security for your kids and stability and all of that I go man I didn't really have that I mean I didn't really have that growing up but what I did have was a loving family right and in that that provided the security sometimes I think we get caught in saying that our security is our, our kids going to school at the same school all the way through high school. Right. That's great. I mean, I think it works for some people. It, it wouldn't work for me. And so the pioneer spirit is well alive in the Smith household. Uh, no, uh, my last name is not Boone. Uh, it is Smith. I don't know where that came from, but uh, it's in there somewhere. So, All right. Somebody, somebody in your background was probably a, a, a blacksmith. That's... You know? That's probably it. Well, I, I um, and I want to kind of take it back to um, scripture a little bit, and um, where it says in Ephesians two ten, it says, "For we are His creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that we could walk in them." And I've always been fascinated with this idea of risk and embracing what God has for you. Um, the passage in Romans, um, it says, uh, for if God is for us, who can be against us? Um, and I, I think about that moment of, um, in Exodus where the Israelites were standing at the Jordan river and they had been promised the promised land, right? So God had brought them out of Exodus. They, made idiots of themselves. They wandered around the desert for 40 years. Um, And I always have, the more that I live life, the more, um, the the less critical I am of the nation of Israel. Because I'd always look at them when I was younger and go, man, why couldn't they get it together? And now I live my life and I'm like, oh yeah, now I see why. Um, Which should go to encourage you that God's patient and that God will, um, God will be patient with you. That He loves you. That He knows you're messed up, and He's uh, He's working out His will in your life. But think about that moment um, where the Israelites are standing on the Jordan River. The the 
the ark has walked out into the river, the waters stop, and they are about to embrace what they have talked about for decades. And I've everybody kind of probably assumes that that was probably miraculous, like, oh, yay, celebratory. I wonder if it would have been scary, if it would have been scary to stand there and go, um, are we good enough for this? Are we going to be able to do this? What's this going to be like? Because um, the dream is is the dream is uh, very benign, right? D- dreaming something's very benign. It's when you have to embrace it that it can become really scary and um, messy and hard. And it's not like the Israelites just went in there and um, you know just set up shop and they had to fight wars. Um, you've been to Israel with me. Um, when you look at the fields, what do you see all over the fields? Stones. Stones. Yeah. They're everywhere. It is the rockiest place I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. And this is a place flowing with milk and honey. And um, it just goes to show that, it, yes, it is if you'll put the work behind it. And so I've always been fascinated with that, with what must have been going through the Israelites' mind right before they embraced the promised land and how scary that must have been. And it is kind of like, so we went to Disney World with the kids, and um, I think I think how you're parented um, kind of determines how risk-averse you are. Um, so, you know, um, our friend Ryan, his son Jonah, is the most... Uh, he he is the opposite of risk averse. Like, you know, he'll jump off a roof if you let him. Um, and he just lives life with the wind in his face and, um, everything's exciting to him. And, um, I, I look at, um, like for, I think Jennifer and I are very risk averse. Now I know that sounds crazy because we left everything that we knew for 15 years to come start Alinea Church. But you look at our kids, and Weston was definitely way more risk-averse than Wyatt. So we're at Disney World. Back to my story. We're in, is it the Rock and Roller Coaster, the one with Aerosmith? Oh, yeah, Rock and Roller Coaster. All right, so Weston would never, ever ride a roller coaster upside down. It wasn't going to happen. He was never going to do it. We're sitting in line, and they have this stupid announcement that says, this ride is intense. It will have multiple inversions, blah, blah, blah. So every time the announcement would come on, I would do my best to distract him uh, because I didn't want him to hear that because mm-hmm. I knew as soon as he heard what was in front of him, he wasn't going to want to ride the ride. Mm-hmm. Well, there was one moment where I didn't catch it, and he heard it, and his eyes got like saucers, and he freaked out. And he was like, I don't want to do this. I do not want to ride this ride. I do not want to face that fear. And I, as any good dad would do, I basically um, forced him. I said, listen, you've got, you've got one of two options. Option number one is you're going to ride this ride. You're going to be, you're going to be brave. You're going to face it. You're going to ride this ride. Option number two is you're going to ride the Tower of Terror. So you take your pick. So... Good. He picked he picked both of them. Oh, there you go. He rode he rode the rock and roller coaster and loved it and then rode it again. And then he's like, I want to ride. He he got over the fear of the unknown and he embraced it and he realized that these things were exhilarating and he wanted to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um 
there's this idea, and I can't remember where. I wish I was more educated and prepared. But there's this idea that um, you, if you do small failures, um, small things where you know you're going to fail or, or you take risks where the small things, it's almost like inoculating you to bigger risks. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So you you do something, you ask a girl out on a date, she says no, which is always the worst thing growing up in you know middle school and high school. But you do that enough, you start you stop you start to lose the fear of rejection, which toughens your skin and allows you to take risks on, you know, in high school, probably prettier girls that are out out of your league. Um, that's why we both have uh, amazing wives. Amazing yeah. wives. I got rejected a lot. <laughs> yeah, we punted our coverage. Um, and I, I think that it goes back to this idea that if we will embrace life, the life that God has for us, knowing that if God is for us, who can be against us, um, we would experience another level of faith in our lives that would... Um, I think we would see more miracles in our life. Mm. I think I think one of the reasons we don't see miracles, um, one is we don't recognize them, but two, I don't know if we put ourselves out there. If that, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. like you would have never married Emily if you hadn't put yourself out there. Like, mm-hmm. hey, would you go on a date? I don't know what it was like for you. It could have been. Uh, we I asked I asked Emily on a date through MySpace. So oh um, yeah. Because it was her birthday, so and we had spent some time before then, and uh, <laughs> I was like, I saw it on her MySpace profile. Man, it really puts me at a, a date, right? Um, and so then I uh, I messaged her and I was like, Hey, would you uh, would you let me buy you a birthday dinner? And then here's the worst part: is um, I f- I freaked out and I didn't know <laughs> I didn't know what to do. So I brought my roommate along with us, and. <laughs> And I was like, "This is a great date." We as friends are celebrating your, you know, and then, and then, of course, now I, I, it worked out, but it was so dumb. Uh, I just got really panicky that she was, uh, yeah, she wasn't into it. She and and by the way, I don't just say this for the record. She was definitely saying to me like the whole time. She's like, "Yeah, we're friends. We're mm-hmm. friends. We're friends." So I was like, "I think I just friend zoned." So <laughs> that's why I brought my roommate because uh, I was concerned that she was thinking it was you know I was making a movie. Uh, which by the way, I was. one of my favorite movies, Just Friends. Yes, it's I, I laugh my head off. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the reasons we don't we don't the reason you don't ask the girl out is you don't think that. She'll say yes. You right. don't think that you're good enough. The reason you don't apply for the job is you don't think that you're good enough. Mm-hmm. If the reason you, the reason you don't take risks, one maybe you're afraid of failure, but two, you you've you've already failed yourself before you've even gotten to the point. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And there's a verse in Romans eight. Romans eight is one of my favorite um, favorite chapters, and one day we'll do a podcast just on the the my my life verses was Romans eight thirty eight and thirty nine. But in Romans 8.26, it says, In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses because we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. And the thing is, is I think it would let us off the hook as if we just realized, yeah, we are weak. Mm. Yeah, we don't have what it takes. Yeah, we are, we are flawed. Um, 
we don't, I heard this uh, on a TED talk that, um, and, and I'm, not, I'm not sure why this is between men and women, but women will, um, women will not apply for a job unless they meet 100% of the qualifications. Men will apply for a job if they meet like 60% of the qualifications. Mm. And the reason is, is and the, this um, researcher, academic, um, she said the reason is, is because as boys, we're telling them to jump off roofs and, you know, go bloody your knees and everything. And, he, and she says for women, we, or for girls, we expect them to be perfect. And, and she was just kind of going into this, this whole idea of, of how we've, how we've raised our kids. And she's, she's trying to create this, uh, movement where, um, women aren't perfect, they're brave. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it just goes to that, that idea that, um, that you, if, if you just realize, no, I don't have everything it takes, but I'm still going to take the risk and see what happens. I mean, even scripture says this, that yeah, you're weak. That's why the Holy Spirit is there in us, is to strengthen us and to and to to aid us in the areas where we are where we fall short, where and we fall short a lot, mm-hmm. and we need to be okay with that. Um, not okay with falling short in sin, but okay in the sense that, yeah, I don't know if I have what it takes, but and when I am weak, He is strong, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the, another thing we need to realize is that God works everything out. So Romans eight or eight twenty eight it says we know that in all things work together for the good of those who love God who are called according to His purpose. So um, I've always loved that verse because it it lets me off the hook. Mm-hmm. Like if I made a bad decision, like I I really was trying to make the right decision. Mm-hmm. It's not and, and you know the you know the difference right. Um, I made a bad decision because I wanted to make a bad decision versus I made a bad decision, but I was trying to do the right thing. So in the, uh, another thing that I love is that we have a cheerleader. We have a cheerleader in God. It says, so what then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare, he who did not spare his own son, but offered him up for us all. How will he not also grant him, grant with him grant us everything so there is this idea in romans 8 that we have this victory that believers triumph um if you look at romans 8 38 39 which is my life verse it says for i'm persuaded uh let's back up let's do verse 37 so knowing all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us for I am persuaded that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the thing is, is we, we know that God is for us. We know that there's nothing that's going to separate us from his love. Um, therefore, if God's calling you to do something, why aren't we doing it? Mm. Why are we? Why are we afraid of the gospel? Why are we afraid to uh, apply for the job? Why are we afraid to take the risk? Why are we afraid to talk to our neighbor about our faith? Um, it's all these things of well, I'm afraid to fail. I'm afraid of rejection. I don't like how it feels. But if God's for us, who can be against us? Why does it matter? Hmm. Right. And um, I think one of the things is we can do is we can 
we can live in past, we can live in past glory. Um, that's one of the reasons why we may not take risks is we, um, we feel like we, our risk tank is, ex, is expelled and we've done our part. Um, there was this one time where we went to um, a museum up in D.C. and they have the space shuttle. I think it's the Discovery or the uh, – um, and it's, it's one that actually went in space. You can actually see the, the dust on it. it. It's really, really cool. It's massive. Um, I don't know if you've been to it. Is you, it the Air and Space Museum? Yeah, it's the Air and Space Museum, but it's yeah. out at Dulles. Okay. Um, it's massive building. And you walk in there and, and you look at it and you're like, I cannot believe this thing got off the ground, let alone in space. And uh, at the time, it was the most complex machine ever built. Um, I can't remember how many moving parts it had, but it was it was insane. <clears throat> And then, um, and then they scrapped it. And I, the reason they scrapped it, I mean, I understand was it, it cost too much and, um, it, it was very complex to, uh, to a detriment to the space program. But you look at that and, uh, how long ago that was dreamed up. I think it was started to be dreamed up in the sixties or the seventies. Mm-hmm. And, um, you kind of wish for that dreaming again in the space program. I know that, um, Elon is trying to boost Dogecoin and, and get us to Mars. Um, but, you know, now we're back to a capsule. You kind of lost that r- r- romantic space kind of dreaming mm-hmm. vision thing. And uh, I kind of looked at that as is kind of a um, an analogy of what, what we can do. We can have these grand accomplishments and and. Uh, in our past and that keep us from doing anything in the future. Mm. I sat down with a guy that was 79 or 80 years old. You know what he told me? He said, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what God's purpose is for my life right now. Mm. I was like, man, that's, I want to be that guy yeah. when I'm 79 or 80, that not living in the past, not thinking that my time's done. That was one of the things that really, kept me from launching a linear church for a long time was I thought I might be too old. Mm. And, um, that's, um, that's silly thinking now to look at it in retrospect, but we can, we can think that, um, our past, our past glories are behind us and that's it. Another thing that we can do is we can, we can dream small. Um, we can, we can short God on what he wants to do in our lives. You know, you look at a, do you know the story about Epcot? Uh, you have to remind me. So it was the Epcot stands for experimental prototype community of tomorrow. It was actually supposed to be a community. There were supposed to be homes there, people living there. It was literally supposed to be an experimental community with the latest technology. They would have probably had, you know, um, um, Alexa back in um, probably in the 70s or 80s if if, if they had let it f- flesh itself out. But um, they looked at it after Disney died. They looked at it and like, this is too expensive. We're just going to turn it into a showcase. And um, that's I think that's that's an idea of where we can dream too small. We can have these ideas, but then we'll make them palatable. Well, it's too much. Let's do this instead. Mm-hmm. Instead of what God's called us to do, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, and then another thing that we can do in not taking risk is we don't even give ourselves opportunity to take risks. 
So for you um, and for the team that moved down here and for me, you know, what if we had been maxed out where we were financially? So let's just take it financially. What if we were like hundred thousands of dollars in debt? We would not have been able to take the risk to move down here right. and launch a Lenia church. And so one of the areas that you can um, keep yourself from being able to take risks and embrace all that God has for you is you've, you've um, maxed out your life. There's no margins. There's no margins financially. There's no margins relationally. There's no margin in your schedule. You know, if, what if God came to you and said, hey, I want you to do this? And be like, I don't, I don't know how. That, this really goes back to the idea of pruning. Mm-hmm. This is why God prunes. Yeah. Uh, Henry Cloud in um, Necessary Endings talks about this principle that life begets too much life. Uh, by nature, you have a rose bush, it's going to produce too much roses. That's why you prune, prune it. And what I was telling the team um, recently is that when you prune something, most of the time you're not pruning dead stuff. You're pruning live stuff, Mm -hmm. living stuff, so that the thing that you really want to flourish will flourish. And um, that's where this idea of pruning comes from is that, um, you know, in our lives, we've sometimes we've got to prune some things and God will forcibly prune some things so that you can embrace the thing that he wants you to embrace. Mm -hmm. So um, that's just that's just some thoughts on taking risks, and don't ever live in those uh, in the trap of maybe one day. I think that was for for my wife and I, Jennifer. We looked at launching this church, and we did not want to be in that trap of well, maybe one day. Uh, we didn't want to look back as that uh, erroneous Mark Twain uh, quote. Look back at our lives and ask ourselves, "What if? Right? What if? What if we had? Well, now we'll know. Mm-hmm. Now we'll know, and we'll get to embrace the journey along the way." I, I, speaking of that, I think there, there's two things that I'd speak to that on. Um, one, there's this guy. I think we were nine. We were talking about it. There's this guy who uh, I think he's got a blog where he. He is trying to get as many rejections I was, as possible. I was trying to find that earlier. I yeah. couldn't figure out where it came from. Um, well, I think it was, I, I want to say it was uh, This American Life or something like I think he's been on multiple things. Uh, and and the, the idea is that it, he builds up a tolerance to the point where he's not afraid to get rejected. In fact, he says that, you know, for him, he counts a win if they reject him and a loss as if they don't reject him. Because he was very, very, very risk averse, uh, right, right? When he began. Yes. And like, like it's it's ridiculous stuff. And um, I think one was he went to a Costco employee and said, hey, can I can I jump on the intercom? Yeah. And uh, and in that instant, he actually said that they actually allowed him to do it. And he was like, "Now I don't know what to say." Uh, so there was kind of that freak out. But I'll say that. And then and then the other thing too is, I have also realized that in order to get to the moon, you got to make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And you have to be comfortable with knowing that when you set out a dream, when you make a. a and I, and I always go back to this because it was the biggest lesson I learned in in Ironman training. You know, I, I the vision, the dream was I want to be an Ironman. I want to be an athlete. I was not at all those things before. But the journey to get there took two years. The mm-hmm. journey to get there meant I had to do really small races 
and I would have to get injured and I would have to get up really early because of all the meetings I had the next day and, uh, or kids. I had a kid that came along in that same two years. So it was, it, all of those things were setbacks, quote unquote. You just can't let the setback determine your trajectory. If you mm-hmm. have that vision, if you have that dream, you lock on. And then over time, you just learn, okay, I'm going to make adjustments. Maybe the adjustment is, you know, I have this vision for starting a business. Well, that's great, but, you know, just be ready that you may have to, you may start with saying, you know, I want to build furniture uh, and I want to build the best desk that ever existed, but you may end up building chairs Mm -hmm. because that's what what the the dream was that you became a businessman. Mm -hmm. Uh, It wasn't so much maybe building desks. So, um, so that's kind of, I think that's what the openness to allow God to work through you and the, and allow him to, to help shape your dream. I'm so glad you talked about the, the, the no, the no guy. Cause yeah. I, he was the one popped up when I was thinking about this podcast and I could not find it. And, uh, and it must've been, I heard it from you. Um, but it's that inoculation. Can you get to the point? So uh, can you get to the point where, it's okay to get a rejection. It's okay to get a no. And my encouragement to everybody, if you're a believer or not believer and you're listening to this, um, go read Romans 8. And I, I would want it to encourage you because, one, it, it lets you off the hook in that, yes, you are weak. Two, you've got a big champion in God. He is for you. And, um, and you, if you know that, what do you have to lose? Right? If God's calling you to do something, what do you have to lose? Let's take it off the spiritual and just talk about life in general. You got <laughs> YOLO. Mm-hmm. Um, you got one life. Take some risk, mm-hmm. you know. How about you take a risk in, in how you vacation this year? Mm-hmm. Do something completely out of the ordinary. Take a risk on um, what you order at, at the restaurant. Take a, you know, our friend um, Asia is doing this thing with Starbucks where she's going in and she's, she's got some picky taste you know, she, she doesn't like a lot of food, but she's going to Starbucks and she's letting them pick her drink uh, based off of a question she asked them. And so every day she's got she's tried something new, which I think is fantastic. And I, I, I love that idea. And that's kind of the idea for this podcast as we wrap up. Uh, people are like, well, what's the vein of this podcast? What are, what are you going to be talking about? What's the genre? And my answer to that is yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I called it Wandering Your Way. Because I like to, I like to learn the new things, and it might be scriptural. It might be, it might be something about national parks, which I'm a national park geek. Mm-hmm. But I like the joy in taking risk and learning something new that God has for me, no matter where it may be found, and um, and living life to its fullest. That's what I want to do. I want to live life to its fullest. I don't want to live on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Um, as Roosevelt says, I want to be the man in the arena, mm-hmm. and um, that's where life is lived, and that's where the that's where the fun is. Absolutely. As Weston will as Weston will test, taking a risk, going upside down every once in a while is a blast, mm-hmm. and so that's what I want for everybody listens today. Thank you all, and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. I would encourage you to subscribe uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. That way you don't miss an episode. Also like and review and then share it with your friends. It really goes a long ways into helping uh, get the word out about wandering your way.